that this suddenly is not on the wilder shores a conspiracy theory. Um, and anyone that's postulated that over the last year has found themselves suspended from social media, uh, uh, written off as conspiracy theorists and cranks. And the truth of it is that mainstream media has utterly failed the listening, viewing and reading audience by not covering the story. Hello and welcome to the Fortune and Freedom podcast, where Nigel Farage and Nikolai Hubble give you a unique take on what's really going on in the world of finance, investing and politics. We hope you sit back and enjoy this episode. Hello and welcome to this week in review with Nigel Farage. Nigel, the Wuhan lab leak theory was suddenly validated this week in the media and it's become a big storm. You've argued that there's going to be financial and economic consequences when suddenly China is acknowledged as the source of COVID. So why don't you explain to the readers how you see this playing out? Well, I mean, the story was that the you know coronavirus came from the wet markets in Wuhan. That was what everybody was told to believe. Um, and then, of course, we discovered, because, I mean, let's be honest, we'd never even heard of Wuhan, most of us, before this happened, despite the fact it's got 10 million people living there. And then we discover that there's a, that there's a laboratory uh, in Wuhan where they've been testing various bat species. We then discover the European Union has given them shed loads of money. Uh, we then find that Dr. Fauci, in America has also been giving them lots and lots of US taxpayers money. So you couldn't possibly allow the theory to circulate that it might have been bat experimentation that, you know, accidentally led to this virus getting out. And those that pushed this theory early on included a friend of mine, a chap called Donald J. Trump. Well, clearly if Trump says it could be this, it can't be true. And so we've, we've basically had a year where anybody that postulates uh, that it is more likely that the World Health Organization have just done a complete whitewash job, and that if you look at the number of doctors who were working at that lab who died or disappeared, that this suddenly is not on the wilder shores of conspiracy theory. Um, and anyone that's postulated that over the last year has found themselves suspended from social media, uh, uh, written off as conspiracy theorists and cranks. And the truth of it is, that mainstream media has utterly failed the listening, viewing and reading audience by not covering the story. And now as more and more evidence comes out, it begins to become more credible that it did come from the Wuhan lab. I've thought this for a year, I have to say, and I've said it gently. I haven't said it as loudly as I might because you know, I don't need to, I mean, I don't actually want to be banned from every single platform. This is, this, is, I mean, this is where we are. It's very, very difficult indeed. So what does it all mean? Well, uh, Another couple of weeks going down this route and mainstream media suddenly accepting that they were completely wrong. But it doesn't matter now because Trump's lost. You see, it's fine. You know, now, now that Trump's out of the way, that's fine because he, of course, is the devil, the most evil man in the world. I mean, the Chinese Communist Party are lovely compared to Donald Trump. I mean, the whole thing's nuts. I have a feeling that where this argument begins to go is China must pay. China must pay. You know, this came as a result of an experiment in China. The Chinese deliberately covered it up and hid it. The rest of the world could have been given adequate warning, but instead the planes were going from Wuhan to Milan and London and all over the world. Uh, and China must pay. And I think there's going to be an argument, a debate about some form of reparations. And it may not come to anything, but the fact you even have that debate that makes you think that any sense of a trade war that was going on between uh, the Trump administration and, and President Xi uh, was actually play acting. You know, we could be headed to a place 
where there are genuinely damaged business and trade relations between China and the West. Now, there's a part of me that says good, because uh, I think we buy far too many products from them and we become far too dependent on them. But I'm being a realist in saying that if we get to that point, there will be a cost to it. Um, and this is something that could really hit markets. So I think it's something that all investors need to keep a very, very close eye on. The worry is that it, this leads to some sort of inflationary shock as the trade war gets worse, or that just there's some sort of GDP <laughs> shock. And the Australians have experienced that to some extent. They very early on called for investigations of the Wuhan lab, and they experienced the trade war that you've just mentioned as a result. Yes. But my deepest concern here is actually much closer to home. And it's the idea that people really cease to trust the media and what the media portrays as science as a result of this. And they've been lied to, they've been told that this was an absurd idea that the virus came from Wuhan for a year, as you say. And it turns out that was quite a deliberate and conscious effort to influence the election and to discredit political parties. And I think that's been admitted quite openly, especially in the Financial Times in a particular yeah. article that I've yeah, read. Yeah, extraordinary. I, I mean, just extraordinary, um, as he would say. Fake news, fake news. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, they begin to look, they begin to look ever more like fake news. And, and social media giants, even worse. Social media giants, not there as, I mean, you know, Zuckerberg telling us that his platform is there for free and open debate and open to everybody, well, far from it. You know, if you have a view that does not conform to prevailing orthodoxy, you're going to get suspended or banned or shut off for life. So this reflects very, very badly on social media and on mainstream media. And you're right, it just means that trust in anything we're told diminishes. Um, and that, of course, is the space into which all sorts of crackpot conspiracy theories can find their way. So there are dangers in that. You know, I'd much rather we had a balanced media with all shades of opinion being reflected um, that allowed us to hear both sides of an argument and make our own minds up. And we're just not getting that. When this story played out for Brexit and Project Fear was effectively disproven, part of the reason things settled down was because Brexit happened. Uh, the Brexit side won the argument to whatever extent that's true. But Donald Trump is not in the White House, and I'm worried that that's going to cause quite a ruckus either before the next election or at the next election. I can't imagine what happens if he is re-elected, let alone isn't. Well, I just, you know, I've come back from six weeks um, touring America. Uh, I'm back home to a jungle of a garden, hence the gardening clothes. Um, I have to tell you that my view is that the Democrat Party are making all the same mistakes the British Labour Party made. You know, the British Labour Party, which had been for the best part of 100 years, a centre-left party, and perhaps with economic policies that I wouldn't necessarily agree with, but it had always been an intensely patriotic party, the party of working-class Britain, the party of, if you like, Tommy Atkins, you know, the, the people that volunteer and go and fight, or women that work in factories, or whatever it is. And the new globalist Labour Party, with that huge leftward drift under Corbyn, I, of course, don't think, you know, just because Corbyn's gone, that's changed because they've taken over much of the Labour Party, suddenly becomes globalist, suddenly isn't patriotic, is ashamed of the flag, ashamed of our history, wants us all to think that everything Britain's ever done is absolutely disgusting and appalling. Um, and that alienates working class patriotic people. And they've moved away in millions from the Labour Party, particularly with this globalist, open borders, left wing drift. And, you know, millions of them voted for me in various elections before I was sort of acted as the gateway drug, in a sense, for them to go on and vote Conservative. And 
there is no prospect of those voters going back to Labour. There's no prospect. I mean, they're out of, I mean, they are out of office now. We are kind of where the Conservatives are now, although they're not very conservative, but where they are now is a bit like Blair was in 97. You know, you know they're going to be in power for a very, very long time. And I see the Dems, who, who again, have always been centre-left, but always been, you know, intensely patriotic. And I now see the squad and these new left-wing influences on Biden. You know, they are questioning uh, the founding fathers. Uh, you know, they want Jefferson banned. They want statues taken down. But, uh, they, I mean, by the way, they hate the concept of American exceptionalism. They don't believe in it because globalists don't believe any nation state is, 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 is in any way exceptional. Uh, and I think they're making exactly the same mistakes as the British Labour Party. Now, you know, the one thing to that is the Republicans have to be somewhat more unified than they are right now. Um, but Donald Trump is still leading that party. Uh, his position now is a bit like Henry VIII. You know, they queue outside the door. I saw it. They're queuing outside the door at Mar-a-Lago. Please, sir, can we have your endorsement, you know, for the primary races or whatever? But I, I honestly think if the Republicans get their act together, despite all the obstacles, you know, social media obstacles, mainstream media obstacles, uh, you, you, you know, election integrity obstacles, I think there's a real chance, a, a real chance that the Republicans storm the midterms um, at the end of 2022. So I think the Dems are vulnerable. I think that some of Biden's policy decisions, I mean, for example, on the very same day that he announces no more oil exploration in Alaska, we learn that Chinese coal burning has hit record levels and they're building two new coal-fired power stations every single week. Now, you know, the, the sort of upper middle class intelligentsia in Los Angeles might be cheering, but I don't think that works quite as well in Wisconsin, Michigan, in the old industrial areas. So, so no, I'm, 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 I actually think Biden's in a lot more trouble than most people give him give the credit for. The G7 is coming to Cornwall, to the UK. Have you been invited? No, sadly not. I was thinking of sort of hiring a boat and being offshore and, and waving a few banners, but I know that I'd get removed. Uh, no, but it's going to be very interesting because you know, we've not seen Biden abroad. Um, so that'll be interesting uh, to see, sort of, you know, whether he can string a sentence together, you know, without being wound up at the back. But the agenda the Americans come with is very interesting. You know, they are coming with a globalist tax harmonization agenda, particularly on corporation tax. And in a sense, you know, harmonization, standardization, uh, rules that are anti-competitive are the very things that I fought with Brussels for years and years and years. You know, I believe in free market competition. I don't believe in setting minimums on things like tax at all. Uh, and it'll be fascinating to see just how robust Boris Johnson is in the chair of this in terms of dealing with it, because Janet Yellen, you know, their finance secretary and Biden want tax harmonization because otherwise they're putting up American corporate taxes, money can start flowing out of the country. So I'm completely against it. There is a slight counter argument that's worth thinking about, which is, you know, the big giants like Google don't appear to be paying any tax anywhere. Uh, and <laughs> how do we deal with that problem? Overall, I'm opposed to this idea. You know, I do understand big tech is a problem and no one's quite got their head around it. Uh, and I suspect that's going to be the biggest debate that takes place in sunny Cornwall next week. Nigel, I'll let you get back to your gardening then. Thanks very much for joining us.